be back. Some good news. Looks like we'll be able to be back in the church this Sunday. So just be back to normal starting this Sunday. And uh, just appreciate your patience with all the craziness that we have to work through during this uh, this time that we're in. And thank God I serve a, I serve a Savior who's still in control. Well, tonight, if you're with us, we're going to join, uh, jump right into our, our Bible study. We've been working through all the one another verses in the New Testament. And we've been looking through and studying uh, every time the New Testament mentions uh, that phrase, one another, and our responsibilities, because it lists our responsibilities really to how we're to treat one another. And uh, and we've looked so far, I'm telling you about, listen, we looked and learned that we're members one of another. All of us are part of the same body, amen, the body of Christ, that local church assembly, and, and that one day will all the local church assemblies, all those that are saved in Christ will meet together in the air of the Lord. Looking forward to that. And, but right now we're, we're members of one another. And as members of one another, we all have responsibilities to one another it, like this. We looked the other week at being kind to one another. We looked uh, last week, I believe, having compassion one of another. And tonight, I guess we're going to get right into it. But probably one of the toughest one another verses in all the Bible and, uh, and something that Listen, every one of us need to hear, uh, but none of us want to hear. <laughs> and that is the, the idea of learning to forgive one another. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, forgiving one another. I read about a, uh, a man that was at a convention, and, uh, and at that convention, these two businessmen got together. They'd been college roommates in the past, and Hadn't caught up in a long time. So, man, they stayed up half the night uh, that night. Their wives had come with them to this convention, and the wives were in the hotel rooms. They just hung out in the lobby. The two guys did half the night together and and um, realized later, boy, how late it had gotten, and uh, they realized they're probably in big trouble. And and so the next day they ran into each other, and, uh, and they kind of mentioned, hey, what would your wife say? What would your wife say? And so forth. And uh, the one answered, the one guy answered the other one. He said, well, I walked in the door and I'm telling you what, she got historical. <laughs> the other guy said, you mean, you mean hysterical, right? And not, not historical, but hysterical. He said, no, 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 no. I mean, historical. I mean, she told me everything I've ever done wrong. And, uh, <laughs> and I always like that, uh, like that illustration. But, you know, all of us have met people like that. I'm telling you what, they want to rehash the past forever. The ones that listen, they, 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 they never want to seem to live in today or the memories, make new memories today. Everything's about some past issue, some past hang up, some roadblock in their past. And there, it seems like they're chained to something years ago and they live their life full of bitterness and, and anger and unwilling to forgive uh, other folks. And so tonight I want to look at as we continue, I guess, our study on one another's here. I want to look at and teach on the subject of learning to forgive one another. Two places in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 4 is, where we'll, uh, is our main kickoff, Ephesians chapter 4. Sorry, I should have told you that earlier, but we'll be down in verse 31 and 32. We looked at this verse the other week on the, the context of being kind one to another. Well, tonight as we look at Ephesians chapter 4, uh, we're going to look at the, the final verse in verse 32 after it says to be kind one another and tenderhearted the final command there to forgive one another. If you're there, read along with me. Ephesians chapter four and verse number 31. We'll just get that for context. He tells us to let all bitterness and wrath and anger and, and clamor and evil speak, 
speaking, be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And so he gives us a command here. He says we need to forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, I just want to ask you tonight, Lord, while it's not a topic we like to discuss very often, Lord, uh, it just comes up from time to time. And I love when things pop up in your word. And, and Lord, as we're studying the one another verses in the New Testament, here's one another, here's one that you command us to do, and that is to forgive one another. So help us tonight to learn, Lord, uh, what forgiveness really means from the Bible, what it what it doesn't mean. And then, Lord, uh, uh, help us to learn uh, that, that our your command is to give it and how to do it. So help us with those simple principles tonight, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. So we think about forgiveness here. You know, he tells us that Paul does in Ephesians 4, 32 here again, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Really forgiveness, when you talk about biblically, it occurs on two levels. Number one is this, forgiveness from God towards us forgiveness from God towards us. And then it's really the other levels, forgiveness of us towards others or to others. And so really two levels, you got your vertical forgiveness, the, the, the forgiveness that's needed from God because we're all sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. By the way, we need that forgiveness even after we're saved as well. And uh, it always involves repentance and confession. We'll talk about that later. And then, but he also commands us here, not just that we need forgiveness from him, but we need forgiveness from others and to others. And we need to learn to be good forgiveness. You know, most of us rejoice when, well, in the fact that God's forgiven us. I know I'm thankful that he's forgiven us and he's forgiven me of my sins and failures because I have repented. I've changed my mind. I believe the gospel, the fact that he died for me, he was buried and rose again. I've put my trust in the Lord and he's forgiven me for my sins. The penalty of sin has been forgiven. I'm thankful for that. And most of us are thankful for that. Yet when it comes to forgiving somebody else, we generally struggle. We generally know uh, that we need, maybe know that we need to forgive, but but uh, but we generally don't put that into practice. And so the Bible mentions forgiveness, I think, so often for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think this is one of the most subtle sins in a Christian's life, in a non-believer and in a Christian's life. I'm telling you, it's sneaky. I'm telling you, unforgiveness will crawl up in your spirit and it comes in there so quietly, so so gently, so innocently, if you would, that uh, many times you don't even realize it's there until it's got a hold of you. It's also, not only is it more subtle, it's also more common. The, the truth is, I don't care who you are listening to me tonight, every one of us battle from this from time to time, battle uh, with forgiveness from time to time. We may not stumble over some other sins, but I promise you at some point you will stumble over the idea of I need to forgive someone else. And it's also, I think, more dangerous. It's more subtle, more common. It's more dangerous. Why? Because it may not cause car accidents and, and overdoses like drugs or alcohol maybe do, but I will tell you what it will do. It will divide a family. It will divide, divide a church. It will divide nations. It will divide, divide communities. Unforgiveness is dangerous. Someone once said this, unforgiveness is the cancer of the soul. And I believe that's exactly true. And let me tell you, just like cancer will eat you alive, unchecked, unforgiveness will eat you 
alive. So tonight, as we look at uh, this, I want you to see what, from our text here, and we're going to look up one other spot in Matthew here in just a moment. But what you see, first of all, the command to forgive, the command to forgive. The Bible says, and be kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. It's not an option. He says, just do it. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forget, hath forgiven you. Take your Bibles with me for just a minute, and I want to look at a, uh, an illustration here that Jesus paints, a parable that he gives us uh, about the importance of forgiveness in uh, Matthew chapter 18. Hold your spot. We'll come back to Ephesians 4, but Matthew chapter 18, very familiar parable, and, and uh, call it the parable of the talents is many times what it's named. But in Matthew chapter 18, uh, uh, as you're flipping there, uh, we're going to learn a couple of principles here. First thing I want you to see here is, is, is Jesus, and he's interacting in this case with Peter. And, and as he's interacting with Peter, when we think about electronic Bibles, it locks up, you're in trouble. As <laughs> uh, he's interacting with Peter, uh, he, Peter asks Jesus something. He basically says, uh, you know, how many times do I have to forgive? How many times do I have to forgive? And, and uh, if someone's done me wrong, if, if my brother sinned against me, verse 21, Matthew 18, and I forgive him. He said, should I forgive him seven times? Now, the teaching of the law, you need to understand the significance of this. The teaching of the law at the time required you to forgive three times. That's what the law required. And, and in fact, that's all it required. But Peter, you're thinking he's going to go a little further than even that. He said, I, I forgive seven times. How about seven times, Jesus? And look at Jesus' answer, verse 22. He says, Jesus said unto him, I, I say not unto thee until seven times, but unto seventy times seven. Now, my math, the old math, when you did 70 times 7, that equals 490 times. And uh, by the way, the context here was just in one day. So, so basically what Jesus is saying is, listen, you need to learn to be uh, forgive. Uh, uh, he's basically saying infinity. I remember when we used to say, well, we'd one up on each other, then, then you'd say to infinity. That's what Jesus is saying. There's no ceiling. There's no limit to uh, the forgiveness were required as believers to extend towards others. And so you get to verse 23 and he starts a parable. And Jesus always did this. He, he, he would teach the lesson by telling a, by telling a story uh, to illustrate his lesson. And, and he starts in verse 23. Look with me again, Matthew 18, verse 23. He says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a, unto a certain king, uh, which would take account of his servants and when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Now, uh, I want you to understand this. The highest cur the talent was, in that time, the highest currency in the economy. And uh, uh, 10,000 was the, the actually the highest number in that first century arithmetic. And so, so literally 10,000 talents, uh, uh, some people have said, and I don't know that myself, but I just read and after other people said, that would be probably equivalent to like $10 million a day. In other words, uh, Jesus is painting a, 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 an astronomical number that, that, that he's saying uh, uh, that, that that had to be forgiven here. And so he talks about uh, uh, this debt that this man owed, an astronomical one that he couldn't pay back. He owed him 10 thousand talents here and verse 25 as he continues on he says uh, for, for for as much as he had not to pay his lord commanded him to be sold so, to be sold and his wife and his children all that he had and payment to be made and verse 26 therefore the servant of the lord therefore uh fell down and worshiped him saying lord have patience with me and i will pay all verse 27 says then the lord was of that servant was moved with compassion and loosening 
and listen to the, the couple words here, and forgave the debt. And forgave the debt. And, and so here it is, this absurd claim. He's asked for patience to, uh, to be able to try to pay back this enormous debt. And here's what the king does. He, he forgives that enormous debt. debt. Uh, you know, how would that make you feel? Uh, how would you feel just then? Uh, think about it. The man was about to be thrown in prison. He pleads for mercy. The boss gives him debt. The debt is erased. The man can go free. I don't have any idea how he ended up owing all this money in the first place, but it's clear he had a huge debt. And that boy, I tell you, that debt's just like the debt we owe towards God, the one who created this this world. He created us, and he loved us, and he, he's taken care of us. He's fed us. He's closed us. Yet at some point, we all sometimes wander away, and, uh, and and we get to the point where I can do this. I don't need you, God. I don't love you, God, anymore. I, I, I And we, we maybe not say that, but that's what kind of happens. And and we burn up an extreme bill before our creator and for our maker. And we deserve a place called hell for that. But God forgives us our debts. And believe me, uh, listen, the debt is erased. And I'm thankful for that. It's called grace. It's called mercy. And it's called forgiveness. But the story doesn't end there. Look look on down verse 28. The Bible goes, he goes on to say, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. Just a little bit. Just a few pennies compared to the millions he owed, if you want to look at it that way. And, uh, and he said he owed him, he owed him just a few pence. And, and he laid hands on him and he shook him by the throat. And he said, pay me what you owe. This guy that just got forgiven now went out to somebody who didn't owe him anything near what he owed. And he, and he, and he, he scolds him and, and he, he, he tells him he's about to throw him into prison and, and, uh, and he tells him, you're going to face torture and so forth for all this. And can I tell you, that's exactly what unforgiveness is. It's a self-inflicted torture. It's what it does. It's really, it's really a ball and chain of your own making. Uh, no matter, listen, no matter what anybody did to you first, and listen, we've all been wronged, right? Forgiveness or unforgiveness is still your choice. If it wasn't a choice, then God wouldn't have commanded us to do it, wouldn't have told us to do it. And if it was impossible then he wouldn't have commanded us to do it. Again, the Bible's full of verses of command us to forgive for bearing one another, Colossians 3.13, forgiving one another. If any man have any quarrel against any, even as Christ has forgiven you, also do ye. Our verse tonight, and be ye kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ, uh, for, for, as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And so God considers our forgiveness of others as important as the forgiveness of of us so think about that and uh, so this 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 servant uh fellow servant fell down he asked for uh in verse 29 he asked for patience he asked for the same thing but instead he was cast into prison and the lord's going to rebuke that one that was had that was forgiven a much that wouldn't forgive somebody else of something so insignificant can i tell you this we've been forgiven of more than a million dollars or millions you could ever put a number on when we sinned against a holy and a just God. And he forgave us. That's what Jesus is saying here. Now, no matter what somebody has done to us, it's not as bad as what we've done to God. So therefore, ours is like pennies compared to, to millions is the teaching here. And so we need to be able to forgive as well. Quit holding somebody else in prison and quit holding yourself in prison because that is exactly what unforgiveness is.
A man once told Oliver Green, I read about, he said, I, I never forgive. He said, I, I never forget. And Oliver Green told him, then, sir, I hope you never send them. So we see here the command to forgive, the command to forgive. But look with me also back in our text, Ephesians 4 and verse 31. Uh, and I want to talk about the causes of unforgiveness, the causes of unforgiveness. If you go back one verse in verse 31 in Ephesians 4, it tells us, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And so a lot of words there. And they all kind of mean the same thing, but God used different words uh, for a reason. Uh, every one of us have a, uh, a different way we handle some things. Bitterness, boy, that's it. That long, smoldering, standing resentment. It's a slow burn up inside somebody. You know, there's a lot of folks that just, that, that, that maybe even uh, uh, on the outside, maybe happy-go-lucky and seem like they're the happiest people in the world, but they're walking around, I'm telling you, with, with resentment, with smoldering, with a slow burn. They're walking around full of bitterness, and it's going to eat them from the inside out, and it'll eat you from the inside out. If you don't learn to truly forgive, forgiving is more than just saying the words. Huh? We'll get to that in just a little bit, but I'm telling you, bitterness. Then there's, there's, there, it mentions wrath next. And boy, that's that, wow, that's that outbreak of rage that comes from. It's the word, comes from a word we get our word thermos from, the heat source, if you would. The word anger there, that's a, a habitual, longstanding anger if you would that deep abiding feel and clamor that's the that's the outcry some people do that they get loud and burst out of control uh some just do evil speaking and and they just they, they speak terrible about somebody else that, that that they need to forgive but they just use slanderous and injure speech and and has the idea of intent to harm and then then malice put all that together they just get this disposition up in their soul of bitterness and wrath and anger. And, and it causes us to unforgive when we let this go unchecked. And, and so the Bible tells us we got to put off all this mess. We got to put off all bitterness. We got to put off all wrath. We got to put off all anger, clamor, and evil speakings and, and put it away for, from you. And, and if you can push that away for a moment, then you can forgive. And uh, so we see here why we're to forgive. We're commanded to. We see why we don't forgive because we're full of anger and bitter and anger, wrath and, and evil speaking. And, but next, I want you to see not only the not only the, the command to, not only the causes of why we don't, but I want you to see the consequences of why we don't. Back in Matthew and the, the, the story we were reading there, the parable we were reading there, uh, there were some consequences that came from unforgiveness. In fact, verse 32 of Matthew 18, then said his Lord when, when he was unwilling to forgive that man that had been forgiven of much was unwilling to forgive of little. Uh, then, then his Lord came, the Bible says, and after that he called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee of all thy debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I have had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors so that he should pay all that was due him. And Jesus goes on to say, And so likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. And so, listen, when we have unforgiveness in our life, Jesus is not pleased. It grieves God's heart to understand that he's forgiven us for all our debts, the millions, if you would, and we won't forgive somebody 
of in comparison very small debts somebody that we're not minimizing that you've been wrong all of us have been wrong we, what, what i am saying is compared to what we did to jesus it was small and jesus said i forgave you now you learn to forgive because uh, there's going to be some consequences if not number one consequence is listen uh, it, it uh, it, it angers God. Uh, he, he's wroth, he says here, to think of that. Can I tell you some other things it does? Uh, it also defiles others. Listen to the Bible. Hebrews 12, 15 says, Looking diligently, and lest, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. You know, sometimes we carry around bitterness and anger and unforgiveness in our heart, and we don't think we're hurting anybody. Well, number one, you're hurting yourself because it's going to eat you alive because you're the one carrying it. <laughs> you're carrying that mess in your container. But number two, let me tell you this. Not only is it uh, hurting you, the Bible says thereby many be defiled. It's affecting people around you, whether you know it or not. It's going to affect others in your life. It's going to affect those you care about. And that bitterness, I tell you, that root of bitterness, when it springs up, it won't just trouble you. It'll defile those all around. It'll defile those in your family. It'll, it'll, it'll make you make decisions that you will regret later. Uh, and so, so listen, I'm telling you what, the consequences of bitterness, it defiles others. Can I tell you this? It also blocks God's grace. It blocks God's grace. And when you're not forgiven of others, hey, you're blocking you're, you're, you're segmenting or you're breaking your fellowship with God. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 15. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, that doesn't mean you're not saved if you've been saved. Amen. Or uh, thank God we're saved and sealed until the day of redemption. But it does mean your fellowship with God will be broken. If you're walking around with unforgiveness in your life, and bitterness and, and, and anger and wrath and clamor, all this mess in your life, that I'm telling you, your fellowship with God will be broken. And he's not going to forgive you of that mess until you forgive others. That's what he's saying. He, fellowship will not be restored. You're going to block God's grace, the consequences of unforgiveness. It defiles others. It blocks God's grace. It, you know what else it does? It gives place to the devil. Um, back in our text, Ephesians 4 and Verse 26, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. But let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Don't give him a, a, a place to work on, a, on the map of your life. That's what it means. It has the idea of, listen, he can't possess us. We understand that if we're born again. But I want to tell you, we can allow him to have a place to work from. And when we have unconfessed uh, sin, and when we have anger, and that's what, by the way, when we have unforgiveness, that is unconfessed sin. You haven't got that straight with God yet or with the other person you're angry with. Then we're giving the devil a place to work from. We're saying, come on in, devil. Come on in. You can, you can, you can attack me because I'm giving you an open door to attack me with here because I'm not being obedient to God. And we give place to the devil, the consequences of unforgiveness. Can I tell you what else it does? It postpones God's blessing. Postpones his blessing in our life. James 1 and verse 20, the Bible says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Remember, wrath was one of those, uh, those causes of unforgiveness when we had anger and clamor and wrath and bitterness. And, and the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so... Listen, you, you can't be walking with God full of that mess and that, that nasty stuff that includes wrath and unforgiveness. You know what else it does, unforgiveness? 
Your unforgiveness could even stop God from uh, responding to your prayers and hearing your prayers. The psalmist said, Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, that doesn't mean if I have some, uh, like it gets preached many times, if I if I, if I mess up and sin a little bit, then, then I can't pray and so forth. No, the word regard there means if I literally approve this, if I reprove, if I approve this sin in my heart, when you have unforgiveness and bitterness and you, it's in there and you know it's in there and you're walking around carrying that mess, you're saying to God, I know you said to forgive and I know if I don't, then that's a sin. But you know what, God, I'm going to shake my fist at you because by golly, I'm going to be bitter. And you are regarding iniquity in your heart. My Bible says, listen, if you do that, if you shake your fist at God and say, I'm not going to make this area right that you've showed me through your Holy Spirit and through your word, then then you might as well quit praying. Amen. Because he's not hearing you. Thank God we can get that f- fixed really quick. Right. Uh, and so so go on. Listen, consequences here of uh uh, of unforgiveness, it defiles others, it blocks God's grace, gets placed to the devil, postpones his blessings, it, it blocks it, uh, even prayers from being heard sometimes, and it stirs up even more anger. Do you know that? Anger stirs up more anger. Uh, Proverbs 15 verse 1 tells us that a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, when we have anger, it leads to grievous words and wrath and clamor and all those things we said. And it just stirs up more anger. So we've seen the command to forgive. He's he's commanded all of us. He said that we're to forgive one another. We see the consequences of unforgiveness and or the causes of unforgiveness, wrath and bitterness and, and clamor and anger. We see the consequences of un, unforgiveness. All the wonderful things we just talked about that that shouldn't happen in our lives. The, I shouldn't say wonderful things, the horrible things that we just talk about, how it defiles others and blocks God's grace and gives place to the devil and postpones God's blessings and just stirs up more angers. Now I'll look at the conditions of unforgiveness. The conditions, or maybe I should say it this way, the conditions for forgiveness. Over in Colossians 3, verse 13, you don't flip there, don't flip there for the sake of time. Maybe write that down, but I've already quoted it once. But the Bible tells us for bearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And so we see the command again here, but listen to the conditions there. Listen, if any man have a quarrel against any. So who's to forgive here? Well, here's the condition. Anybody has a quarrel against any. You know what? I don't see a command here that tells us that the other person needs to come ask for forgiveness. So many times I've heard somebody, well, I'll tell you what, if they would come ask me, then I'd give it to them. Uh, Jesus never said that. He said, we're to forgive one another. If you got a quarrel against any, it doesn't really matter what the reason is. It doesn't matter whether they ask for it or not. The requirement is you need to forgive them if they did wrong. And what an example Christ is again for us on that. Uh, thank God we didn't deserve his forgiveness, yet he forgave us of our trespasses. So, so how can I determine if I really have forgiven somebody? I get asked that a lot. Uh, I think I've forgiven them. How, how do I know? Well, let me ask you this. Can, can you thank God for the lessons that you've learned, even through the pain? You know, my Bible says in, the, in everything, give thanks. Can you look back on those tough situations in life and thank God for the lessons that you learned? Uh, if you can't, then you probably still need to forgive. How about this? Can you talk about that person that did you wrong, that, that event 
that person, that circumstance, whatever you want to call it. Can you talk about them now without anger, without resentment, without feelings of wanting to get revenge? Remember what we read, the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. And so, listen, if you can't do that, then you probably haven't truly forgiven. Have you accepted your part of the blame for what happened? Can I tell you, listen, we, we listen, we're, there's never a completely innocent party. Amen. And there's not. Now, we take that to an extreme sometimes. And and uh, I've heard so, so many times here recently from even my own life that that generic quote takes two to tango. Well, can I tell you that's true? Everyone has some blame and some things. Uh, it only takes one to quit, though. And uh, But have you accepted your part of the blame for what happened? Have you accepted your part? And uh, can I tell you, if you haven't, then uh, then you probably really haven't forgiven. You can't get there until you realize you had a part to. Have I asked God what lessons he, he wants to teach me through this? Well, I tell you what, anytime something happens in your life, that's a great thing to do. Just go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want? What, what can you teach me through this? What can I learn through this? Uh, let me ask you this. Can you revisit the scene or the face without... Uh, just a complete anger reaction and a negative reaction. If not, you probably need to forgive. Could you reward those that have hurt you? Well, that's getting tough now, isn't it? Listen, when Jesus said, Matthew 5, 44, he said, but I say then love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. And have you surrendered that person, that offender, that offense, completely to God. You say, what do you mean? Well, Paul told us Romans 12 and verse 19, he says, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. That's what happens when we try to get our revenge. We're just giving place back to that wrath. Remember, that's one of the, that's one of the causes of unforgiveness. He says, for it is written, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay, saith the Lord. What a great place to get to. And you say, Lord, you know what? I've forgiven them. I'm giving this to you. The ones that have done me wrong, you'll take care of it. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And uh, well, what a what a beautiful picture it is. So many times, though, we react differently. There's an argue principle that they teach a lot. That, that so many times, here's the way we do it. Instead of forgiving, what we do, we just picture a set of scales. And on one side is, is blame and one side is guilt. And we're carrying around all this guilt and anger and all this mess inside our soul, carrying it in a way and we get out of balance because all that guilt's weighing us down and anger is weighing us down and bitterness is weighing us down. So here's what we do. We we find an ear that'll listen to us and we put all kinds of blame. We throw blame at the other person, blame, 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 blame. And, and we lower it on the other side of the scale until we get it balanced out. And, oh, we don't feel quite as guilty. It's balanced now. And that's the carnal reaction to, to take guilt and, and all this unforgiveness we're feeling and, and try to balance it out by adding blame. Can I give you the spiritual reaction to it? Here's what it is. God says, confess your guilt. Admit your guilt. He says, go ahead and uh, give forgiveness. You know what I'll do? I'll remove the guilt. And guess what? The blame will be gone. So accept the blame for your part. Go ahead and unforgive. And God said, I'll remove the guilt and you'll be naturally balanced. So we see the command to forgive, the consequences of unforgiveness, the consequences uh, or the causes of unforgiveness, the consequences of unforgiveness, the conditions for forgiveness. There is none. 
And now I want to talk about this real quick. Clarification of forgiveness. Because here's the problem. So many times I think we define forgiveness wrong. We don't understand what, what is true biblical forgiveness. What, what does it mean? And so let me just give you a couple thoughts. I think the maybe the best way to look at it is think about what it's not, first of all. Number one, forgiveness is not restoration. But I'll tell you this, restoration is not possible without forgiveness. <laughs> uh, me being forgiven doesn't mean I, uh, that that everything gets magically perfectly restored. And, uh, uh, sometimes we confuse those things. Well, I asked for forgiveness. How come How come everything's not just back like it was? Well, remember, forgiveness is not restoration. But again, restoration is impossible without forgiveness. There are two different things. Uh, can I tell you, forgiveness is also not consequences. It does not ignore consequences. There are consequences uh, for actions. There's consequences for sin. And some of those are yet to be lived out by some uh, and where they think they got it made now. But I'm telling you what, there will be consequences. And so so forgiveness doesn't remove those. It doesn't ignore the consequences of sin. And uh, forgiveness is not a uh, it's not a one time experience. It's just not. Uh, it's a continual thing. You listen, you have to work at this every single time when that thing springs back up at unforgiveness in your heart. You got to you got to give it back to the Lord and you got to extend that forgiveness. It's not a feeling. I don't feel like forgiving them. It don't really matter what you feel like. God told us to do it, and he's commanded us to do it. Uh, it's not condoning, by the way, or excusing their act. Sometimes people struggle with forgiveness because of that. They feel like I'm condoning it or I'm excusing what happened. No, you're not. You're just obeying God, and, and, and you're extending forgiveness. That doesn't condone. It doesn't make what was done right. It was still wrong if it was right. Let me get, tell you one other thing it's not. It's also not forgetting. I want you to hear that carefully. So many times we, we think, listen, forgive and forget. We've heard that put together so many times. That is a bunch of hogwash. Forgiving is not forgetting. In fact, we always hear, well, God, God, does, he forgot our sins. He did not forget your sins, friends. Uh, uh, think, carefully listen to this. He didn't forget them. He's an all-knowing God. Uh, he's, it's impossible for him to forget anything. He knows everything. Here's what he did. He made a choice to not remember them. It's a big difference in forgetting. He made a choice to bring it, not bring it back up again. In fact, Hebrews 10, 17, and he said, in our sins, their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. It was a choice to not remember. That's what forgiveness is. It's not forgetting. A choice to not bring it back up, to not remember. Can I tell you what else it is? It's it's also a choice to to remove, a choice to not remember, but a choice to remove. Again, it's not a feeling. The, the psalmist said, talking about Christ, he said, "And as far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions from us." And it's a choice to remove those. Can I tell you this? It's also a choice of grace. It's a choice of grace, and you got to extend grace to. To others, and you got to make that choice to, the same way Christ did for us. He said, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so, and it's also this is forgiveness is not optional. Uh, he told us we had to do it. It's an ongoing process. Again, it's pardoning the person, not condoning the act. It is surrendering your right to retaliate. It's choosing to remember no more. It's a promise not to raise the issue again 
uh, it's clearing the record for those who've wronged you, then allowing God through you to love them once again. And it's accepting the ongoing consequences because there will be, but yet seeing how God's going to use that and teach us and train us and, and, and to benefit our lives in the future. Forgiveness is seeing the need to give to God your bitterness, your anger, and let him take care of it. So why should we forgive? Can I tell you? Because there's consequences to not forgiving. Because we want to be like Jesus. And he forgave us. Uh, so we can truly understand. what we Once we truly understand what we've been forgiven of, then we can truly understand uh, how much easier it should be for us to forgive. And I tell you, listen, forgiveness and unforgiveness is like like a jailer keeping somebody in jail. <laughs> you think you could keep another person in jail, but as long as you're there with them, can I tell you, you're both stuck there. Neither one of you are free. And so we see the command to forgive and the causes of unforgiveness, the consequences of unforgiveness, the conditions, the clarifications of forgiveness, and the carrying out. That's what I want you to see now. So how do I do it, preacher? How do I carry out forgiveness? How do I forgive? Well, can I tell you, that it's, it's pretty simple, but it's hard, right? Uh, once you understand what it is, once you understand we're commanded to do it, once you understand there's consequences if we don't do it, and then once we understand there are no conditions, anyone has a fault against any, an odd against any, we're to forgive. Now, now we're to do it. How do I do it? Well, number one, you need to acknowledge uh, uh, the wrong. Acknowledge the wrong specifically. Um, and so if you, if you need to ask for forgiveness, that's how you do it. You, you ask for forgiveness. And if you need to extend forgiveness, that's it. You, you realize what the wrong was. Accept responsibility for your part. And then... Then, then ask for forgiveness and then grant forgiveness. And uh, it always starts, it's always twofold. Can I tell you this? Number one, it's with God. Number one, you need to ask and, and get gain forgiveness with God. It always is that. Uh, can I tell you, we've all wronged God, right? We need to confess and repent of that. And there is no forgiveness, by the way. Let me just tell you this without repentance. There is not forgiveness without repentance. It takes repentance to be saved. Jesus said, repent ye and believe the gospel. Change your minds, what that word means, and believe, put your full weight and trust in the gospel message. But let me tell you, for a Christian as well, uh, there's no forgiveness without repentance. In fact, Jesus writing, or John writing, but it was Jesus speaking here and talk, talking to the church, the saved people, Revelation 2.5, he said, remember Therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. He says, get right. you got to repent if you want to be forgiven. In Revelation 3, in verse 19, he says, Means I love and I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Uh, a brother word to really repentance is the word confession. First John 1, 9, written to Christians, says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Repent change our mind. Confess means we say the same thing God says. We agree with God. We take God's side against ourselves. So if you want to get clean as a Christian, if you want to be forgiven as a Christian, have fellowship restored, then here's how you do it. You change your mind. That's repentance. You agree with God. You say the same thing he says. Take his side against yourself. And then he says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we ask for forgiveness from God. Uh, we always got to get that forgiveness from God. And then we ask for forgiveness from others. And then we extend and we give forgiveness to others. And so you got to ask and you got to give. You got to ask 
and you got to give because my Bible still tells us uh, as we kicked off tonight uh, in our verse, it tells us, listen, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, commanding us, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Quit carrying around unforgiveness in your life. You're the one that's hurting, not the person you think you're harboring this against. It is hurting you and all those around you. Hey, get rid of that bitterness. Obey God. Get your fellowship restored. Have, allow, allow, allow that sin of unforgiveness to be forgiven in your life. Because uh, uh, God doesn't forgive unless you obey what he said to do and confess that and repent of it. And one of those sins that we carry around often that's more subtle than any other sin, that's more common than most sins and also more dangerous than most sins, is the sin of unforgiveness. Forgive one another. That's God's command. It's hard to do. I realize that. But he's commanded us to do it. He's enabled us to do it. He set the example of how to do it. And you can do it. And thank God he will enable you to do it. Your fellowship can be restored your joy can return.